Hello everybody, welcome back to today's episode of the Chicago Talk Podcast. And let's start today's episode off talking about the White Sox, who defeated the Cleveland Guardians last night 4-1. to one. Uh, Sox, very big victory. Lucas Giolito goes seven innings, allows six hits, one earned run, one walk, and five strikeouts. Uh, big victory for Giolito. You know, he had been you know, slowly working his way back. I think now we're going to see him go much deeper into games like we saw last night. Then we saw the bullpen come in, and they were able to close it out. So a uh, very big victory for the Sox. Scoreless to the first four. Very big uh, pitching matchup here. We saw Cal Quantrill go for the uh, Guardians. He goes six innings, allows 10 hits, four earned runs. He was very good through those first four innings. Then got roughed up after the first inning or after the uh, fifth inning. We saw uh, Josh Harrison score on a Tim Anderson ground ball up the middle. Uh, so that made a one nothing game. Then later we saw Gavin Sheets uh, in the second in the uh, bottom of the sixth inning hit a big hit a big shot to right field. Absolute monster home run. This is his second home run in the last two games so uh, another big hit for uh for Gavin Sheets, I think we're definitely going to see him start to break out this little slump that he started off the year with. Uh, but then we saw the Sox and continue to pile on the runs. Uh, they end up hitting 10 hits in this one, went the entire game without an error, which is a positive because they are slowly uh, becoming one of the worst. Actually, not slowly. They are the worst defensive team in baseball, so they're slowly improving from that, which is a positive. Uh, but yeah, big victory for the Sox. However, today's game has been postponed due to multiple coaches. COVID-19 positive tests for the Guardians. So we know that uh, Guardians manager Terry Francona has tested positive, and that's a big issue for Francona since he's missed the past couple of seasons due to a variety of health issues. So him getting COVID is a big issue. You also know there's some players who got it. Owen Miller, Yu Chang, Cal Quantrill, who pitched last night, and Anthony Castro have all been placed on the uh, COVID-19 list. So that game has been postponed. So now the Sox will wait till tomorrow when they take on the New York Yankees. Um, so that's going to be an interesting series there. We now know that Cease Velasquez, Keuchel, and Kopech will pitch this series. So you know, with Vince Velasquez, the way he's been pitching these last couple games, I do have a little bit more confidence in him. And then Cease and Kopech, I have a lot of confidence in both those guys. Uh, it's going to be interesting the matchup against you know, a Yankees team that's had a very good start to their season. Start off 22-8, and eight, which is one of the best records in baseball. Actually, the best record in baseball. So uh, it's not going to be an easy series at all. This is going to be a very interesting matchup because the Sox, you know, in years past, you know, they've really struggled against the Yankees. You know, let's not forget last year, outside of the Field of Dreams game, Sox did not pick up a single win against the Yankees. So they're going to need to uh, play some really good baseball. Uh, so that win last night was crucial for them. Now let's turn to the Cubs, who were defeated by the Padres 5-4 to four last night. We saw Wade Miley and his first start of the season go three innings, a lot of five hits, three earned runs, and five walks. Not a great, no, not a great start for him. We did see the Cubs get to Mike Clevenger kind of early. He he only goes four innings, a lot of six hits, two earned runs, two walks. Does have six strikeouts. But we saw, you know, in that first inning, the Cubs had a lot of chances to get on, you know, get on the board. So. They jumped on, uh, no, they jumped on Mike Clevenger very quickly there. Uh, then we saw the, you no, know, the Cubs get a home run from Alfonso Rivas, that two-run shot off the glove of the center fielder, which you know benefited the Cubs as they were able to tie it after they went down two nothing in the bottom of the first. Uh, then we saw the Padres start to get more and more runs. We went in to the to the uh, top of the ninth inning with a five to three Padres lead, and then we saw Cubs 
get the bases loaded with Frank Schwindel at the plate. And unfortunately, they just couldn't. No, he could not. No, couldn't. Couldn't bring them, bring them all in. Unfortunately, no. That was a deep drive into left field. Just missed it. Caught at the warning track. And that's a tough way to end this game. Unfortunately for the Cubs. Uh, so they cannot pick up where they left off against the Padres after they won the other day. They take the loss in this one. We did see the bullpen. Knowing Robert Grisellman, he eats up a good amount of innings. Uh, he gives up one earned run. Chris Martin gives up one earned run. Michael Gibbons and Daniel Norris, though, went un- went uh, scoreless in both their innings. So that's a positive. But uh, Cubs lose this one. They will now have uh, on the mound for today. They will have Keegan Thompson. Uh, the lineup for them, Rafael Ortega will lead off playing right. Wilson Contreras batting second playing catcher. And we have Ian Happ. Batting third, playing left field. Batting fourth, Patrick Wisdom at third. Batting fifth, Alfonso Rivas at first. Batting sixth, Nico Horner at short. Batting seventh, Frank Schwindel at DH. Batting eighth, Jason Hayward in center. And batting ninth, Jonathan Villar at second base. We do know that Seiya Suzuki is day-to-day with a right ankle injury. So uh, we're not, you're hoping we're going to see him uh, tomorrow as well, but, um, or see him return tomorrow. But uh, right now he is out of the lineup tonight night so hopefully we will see him actually on friday is when the uh the cubs will be playing again against the diamondbacks so hopefully we will see frank or uh say suzuki in the lineup for that series against the diamondbacks and now let's turn to the blackhawks who last night lost the uh lost out on a chance to to uh draft in the first round this year they did not get a pick in the top two they get up they end getting the sixth overall pick which will now belong to the columbus blue jackets so the blue jackets will have both the sixth pick and the 12th pick in this draft so chicago will not have their first round pick uh but they do still have some hope. We do know that uh, if the Minnesota Wild make the Western Conference Finals and Marc-Andre Fleury records four wins in each of those first two rounds, that the Hawks will actually receive the Wild's first-round pick that they traded um, That they traded in the Marc-Andre Fleury deal, which is originally a second-rounder. Now will turn to a first-rounder if all those things happen. But at the moment, uh, it doesn't seem too positive since St. Louis currently leads that first-round series 3 to two hopefully the wild though are going to be able to make it to the western conference finals but if not hawks will have two second round picks they will have the wilds pick and then they'll have their own second round pick uh but right now really all you have to do is is sit back and root for the minnesota wild there's really nothing you can do now that um no now that your first round picks out of your hands and now that you know everything else is sort of out of your hands as well really uh that second round pick also that the hawks gave to edmonton or uh, the hawks got from edmonton in the duncan keith deal can be upgraded uh to a second round pick or actually to a um wait yeah Oh, uh, it would be a third-round pick, actually. The Hawks got a third-round pick for Keith. They'd be able to upgrade that to a second-round pick if the Edmonton Oilers do reach the Stanley Cup final, but they are down 3-2 to two against the... Uh against the LA Kings right now so that's not looking good either but for the for the Hawks right now they really just have to sit back and and wait for next year and uh no wait for some of their current prospects to come up through the ranks but now let's turn to the Bears who made a deal today signing quarterback Nathan Peterman to a one-year deal so they have made some other roster moves we also saw them release 
quarterback Ryan Willis, who is expected to be the team's third, uh, you know, the team's third on the depth chart. He has had a very disappointing mini camp. He was actually getting outperformed by Drew Pillett. So they made the move to release him, and now they have brought in Nathan Peterman. So Peterman uh, last was with the Raiders from 2000, uh, from 2018 to 2020, where he ended up serving as a backup and then was released. So now uh, Peterman will be with the Bears, and it looks like we might see a competition for the backup role. I might personal assumption though is that we're probably not going to see Peterman in a backup role in Chicago we'll most likely see him in third string role I think Trevor Simeon is a much better quarterback than Nathan Peterman is because it's really not hard to be a better quarterback than Nathan Peterman uh, but it is disappointing with you no know, Ryan Willis because there was a lot of you no know, hope with Willis that he'd be able to perform pretty well in rookie camp but that does not appear to be the case it appears the Bears were not interested in keeping him around after his very disappointing rookie camp so uh, Bears make some more roster moves but that's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast thank you guys for tuning in and i'll see you guys later